This is the Pick of the Bunch by Basic Bananas, where we share the pick of the bunch when it comes to marketing, business, and people. Welcome back to Basic Bananas Radio. This is Christo here. In this episode, I'm answering a common question, which is, how do you know when it's time to hire staff? Or how do you know when it's time to hire more staff? Uh, or if you work alone in your business, you know when's the right time to take that leap and employ someone? Because a common thing we will hear over and over again is, I'm you know, working harder than anyone else I know, and I have no more spare time, but I need to try and implement new marketing activities to try and grow the business, but I haven't got time to do them, but I need to grow the business to make more money so I can employ someone else so that then I'll have time to do them. <laughs> this kind of, this vicious, whatever we call it, catch 22. So in this episode, I go through some, some, some things to think about and some steps and some processes to give you more certainty around knowing when it's time to employ new team members uh, and to make sure you minimize risk when it comes to that. So enjoy the show. If you do have any questions about it, get in touch with the team at basicbananas.com. It is a common question that's you know always proposed. So how do we know when to hire staff? Or, or basically more just along the lines of I'm working so hard and I can't afford staff. You know, I'd love to have someone else helping or you know, what, how am I going to get staff when no one can do it as good as I do it? You know, like there's, there's all these kind of common concerns that, that come up when it comes to employing new team members to help you in your business. Of course, some, some of you, some of our listeners are going to have, you know, giant team or, or not giant, but maybe a team of a hundred staff. Some of our listeners are going to have no staff. You know, you're on your own and you're wondering when it's time to employ someone and how to go about that. So kind of looking at that in this in this episode, and also even if you have team members, how they can build, like if you have, let's say, a, a staff member, a team member in your business, how they can then build their own team within your business. So maybe you've got a good a person who's doing really well and you wanna help them grow within your business, so then they can get staff that report to them within your business. And, and there's a really cool model we kind of use where we create kind of these pods within teams within teams, which I'll, I'll share towards the end of this episode. But first things first, if it's, if it's early days for you and you're wondering, okay, I've got to get some new, a new team member, or how do I even know when to do that? First thing I'd say is, well, one of the things to consider, let's put it that way, is what would you consider your hourly rate? Like maybe looking at how much does the business make in total? If you are the only person in your business at this moment, it's likely you're responsible for all of that income, right? It's pretty much all you. Uh, having said that, even if you have a team of five, 10, whatever, if you weren't there, you know, how much would the business fall apart? So it's kind of like, even if you have a team of, of 10, of 20, of 30, how much is your how much are you responsible for like what's your your hourly rate because this is a a way to look at it and go you know what my hourly rate's actually $900 per hour i'm responsible for bringing into this business it might not be what you take home it might be a thousand might be more how much total does it make you're responsible for all of that 
So if you can get a team member that you can pay, you know, you know let's just make it up like $20 an hour, $30 an hour. That's obviously if your hourly rate's 400 an hour and you can employ someone for that, then obviously that's a good way to start. Now, there's a bit of fear that comes up when you're when considering employing people. And I'll just say up front, you're not the fact that you give someone a job is giving them an opportunity. It's great. You know, it's not that you're stuck with them forever because I think there's so much fear around employing new staff or for the first time employing a team member that you you're going to have to come up with the money every week, you know, and and you don't how barely even affording to pay yourself. So how can I afford a team member? Now what should happen when the team member starts working with you is they increase productivity and you're paying them a lower rate than you're responsible for. So the productivity kind of starts to multiply. You can also just start part-time. You could say, you know, let's start with three afternoons a week just for three hours. So it's a, a nine-hour week, you know. Or um, And also a good little thing to do when you're um, hiring new staff is to set trial periods. Say it's a six-month trial period that we have and there's a review at month one, a review at month three, and then month six. So you've got kind of the opportunity to review and say, oh, look, it's in the trial period. It didn't work out. If it, if it didn't work out, but you're giving someone an opportunity, um, you're not stuck with it. You know, you want to bring them in and you want them to be good and they've got to work to help the business grow to, you know, to keep their role as, at the same time. So looking at that, you know, keeping all of those thoughts in mind, in mind, then what I'd say is look over all of your tasks. Like, when you, if you looked over a, a week or even two weeks of everything you do in the business, think of all the recurring tasks and then break them into three categories, A, B, and C. So an A task would be something that you have to do. No one else on earth could possibly do this task, uh, these tasks. B tasks would be things that you, you kind of should do because they have to be done very well. However, if you had a, a tight enough process and clear enough training, someone else could do it, you know, if you found the right person. And a C task is, any you know, stuff you shouldn't be doing. Like you, you make your money as a, a consultant, let's say, if you were like a business coach and you're a consultant, you charge $500 an hour and you, you've got an office space and you, you spend a half or day once a week cleaning it, you know, that, that would be a, not the best use of your time. Um, so any C tasks, are, you know it's a bad use of your time or you're not good at it. Sometimes things like creating graphics um, for social media posts, you're not good at it, you don't enjoy it, <laughs> it doesn't represent your brand very professionally, so that would be a C task. You put it in there. Now, just ranking them for now, A, B, and C, because... After we get through the, the 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 kind of ranking of the tasks, then what you're going to do, and be honest, like a lot of the time what happens when we do this with business owners is the A task is really full because they think there's no one else on earth that can do it as good as them. However, when we really dig a little deeper, if you find someone good enough or your instructions are clear enough, you know, that the a, a lot of A tasks could become B tasks or even C, C tasks. Now, the next thing I'd say to do is then, as best you can, record your processes so record what you do so and how you do it. So if it's a B and C task, um, starting with those, uh, how do you like it to look? If you do clean the, the kitchen in your office and no one does it as good as you, take some photos, make a checklist. You know, how do you do it? So you've got to record the processes. If it's 
uh, online tasks. On the computer, you can simply record your screen. If you're on a um, Mac computer, QuickTime comes with Mac. There's a screen recording and voice uh, recording at the same time. Um, there's so many other options out there. Camtasia is a great software if you're on any device. Now, record the, um, the screen, how you do your task, and then you save that into a, an online operations manual. So you're recording your processes and how you do it. Then you look at, okay, now how do we move these to someone else? So you've recorded the process, so it's going to make it easy to hand over these B and C tasks. And the point of this is to do what? To free up your time doing lower priority tasks, the B and Cs, or the things you're not good at, so you can focus on more A's and you can find more A tasks, more growth. Um, if you're doing, let's say, let's say, say it was consulting, when you're consulting and you're being paid, that's great. But outside of those activities, it'd be good if you can dedicate more time to growth activities like more marketing and sales type activities to grow the business rather than all the behind the scenes process things. They should be B and C tasks that you move off your plate. Um, and then we look for, okay, now how, who, where do we move these B and C tasks to? Sometimes it could be as simple as you source someone on like Upwork online, an online contractor who's probably better than you at doing the thing you want them to do, like managing your database. You find someone that can do the weekly email and put it in the system for you or editing your podcast. You find someone that can just do that. So what you can start to do is build a little team of contractors where you just use them for those specific tasks. Um, because what's very difficult is finding a team member that's going to do every single thing you want them to do. It's like finding a, a unicorn that will understand you know, how to edit a podcast, how to edit a WordPress website, how to manage social media ads on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, do SEO work, Google AdWords, you know, all this, it's like write up my content, do graphic design and Canva to update, you know, it's like, what? Like it's, it's like finding the unicorn. So, but what you can do is you simply be the, the architect and you have all of the, the different little contractors that report to you. And then what you can do over time is then you replace, start to replace you as kind of like the manager of all those contractors. You can get a team member that starts to manage them. Um, so that's, that's, that's one consideration. Looking at the tasks, obviously it's going to depend on the, the, the kind of tasks as well. Um, it could be a team member, an in-house team member. It could be a virtual assistant. You get virtual assistants. Sometimes it could be just software. You might write down... You might look at one of your B and B or C tasks and you realize you, that there's a software that could be doing it so you don't have to do it you know, anymore. You replace the, yourself with software. Um, and then, so kind of a little model that I touched on earlier like that we like to roll with and help businesses build as we work through our mentoring programs like the Clever Bunch here at Basic Bananas when we work more in depth is if you have someone internal that can be across the marketing, you as the business owner, it's always your money. It should be, you should be looking at it and you should be across it. Even if you have a team doing it, it's you're still your money, you're paying them and, and your money they're managing. So you need to know what you're doing when it comes to marketing. The smarter you get at marketing, the more you'll likely grow. It doesn't matter the size of your business, right? So, but then what you can do is have, you could have someone in-house. So a good little way that a lot of businesses we work with like to, to kind of go is they might then employ someone locally and that one employment employee becomes like their marketing manager. So you're across the strategies with them, marketing managers across implementing and then that marketing manager builds their own pod, their own team. 
So the way we like to do it is then you get virtual assistants. So they're not in-house. It doesn't like cost to have a giant office um, wherever you are located or having to have them in, in your home or something if you've got a home office. But then um, a good little pod is you get three virtual... So an example of this with businesses we've worked with is they'll have one local team member who's working in-house with them. And so it's it's only one local, but then they'll, they'll uh, build a team below that one marketing manager of three virtual assistants based in the Philippines. So they'll employ direct. There are online uh, recruitment platforms that you can find where you can recruit staff in the Philippines and they work like an extension of your business and they report to your marketing manager. So as the marketing manager and yourself find new marketing strategies, new business implementation strategies, you and it could be even processes. It doesn't have to be only marketing activities, of course. You record those processes, you then move them to virtual assistants. And it's also great for that one local marketing manager you have because it gives their role growth potential because they might initially have one virtual assistant reporting to them. The productivity will go up dramatically and then you might build a second, you know, get a second virtual assistant reporting to them, then a third. And that way the productivity is just like a powerhouse. You've got a team of basically four and that one who is your local marketing manager is the one that reports to you and gives the updates. So you're really reducing your time of implementation, but you still have it reporting to you. And that's a great way to build a little pod. Now, sometimes they might do that again, replicate that again, another local person, or even then having a, another virtual assistant that then builds a team of three other virtual assistants to report to them. So that's the kind of, uh, you know, virtual assistant team manager for implementation. Now, there's often a little fear that comes up when people hear the words virtual assistant. There's fear around trust. There's fear around security of your information, like your business processes or database and things like that. And of course, the expense, like how does that work? Same goes in terms of the expense, same with any team member. The productivity will go up. You're not stuck with them forever. It's just giving them an opportunity. What should happen is they bring value to your business and they become an asset. You know, that's the goal. And if not, obviously, then you need to have that conversation and move things along. If a team member at any point in time is not really producing for you, it's generally usually going to be one of two things. It's either they are the wrong person for the role and you need to address that or your instructions weren't clear enough so you have different expectations to what they're delivering and that's your own fault really it's your your brief on what to do and your instructions aren't clear enough so they're not getting it right so just keeping that in mind it's one of these two things it's always good first of before you go and fire them and say I was the wrong person are your instructions really clear and is it clear what they need to do? Because what happens is our own virtual assistants, we have teams like exactly like I said, little pods of teams um, reporting to, to other team members. And they get better as long as they're clear on what we're looking to achieve with each task and we go through our process of how to do it, they will then improve the processes and how to do it and often bring knowledge that we don't know and they, they find better ways to do things and then they update our recordings in our operations manual. So the operation manual is always kind of fluent and being updated. But they know what we want. They know the outcomes we're looking for. So then they can use their own, you know, their own brains to work out new and better ways to do things. Um, in regards to the whole trust and security side of things, when you have virtual assistants, like let's say if you're a business 
um, based in Australia or France or Sweden or Switzerland or Canada or USA, wherever you are on planet Earth, and then you've got someone in the Philippines and you think, oh, I don't want to you know, open my password or share my passwords or da, da, da. The reality is you're employing them as a team member. We have team members that are based all over the world, you know, but worked remote for eight, nine years now. And the, the reality is it's just comes down to the individual's ethics at all times. Like just having a local team member, we've had local team members in-house that have, you know, appeared to might have been potentially less trustworthy than others we have across the world. Um, but once you open up and you have reporting in place and you connect with team members, obviously in this, the, this day and age, it doesn't matter where they are on earth. And once they're dependent, you know, like they're, that, their job is on the line and they're, you know, like, they're, like our virtual assistants find better ways for us to do things. They improve things. They've never leaked information, you know, or done anything. It's like they protect it with their life because it's, it's what helps them have a great life and work from home and um, be able to, you know, be employed by us, a, a great company. So um, from my own experience and everyone, you know, we've had with, with other team members and virtual assistants, I've never heard of anyone having any issues. Um, it would be more likely that it would be a local person where business that, we, that we've worked with have had issues where like a team member they've employed then goes off and starts their own business in a competitive industry to that, that original um, business that they were employed by, whereas someone across the world doesn't even have that opportunity, uh, if that makes sense. You know, it's more, more likely that kind of thing would happen with a local uh, team member. But yeah, I just wanted to address that. It's not... Um, and typically, you know, letting them know that security is a, a big concern. And, um, and then once you, you develop trust over time, of course, you, you might just give access to the files they need and then open things up uh, further as they need them. Always a good, to go, good way to go. Now, that's a wrap on this session. So on this uh, episode for now in terms of hiring staff, if you do have further questions about this, get in touch with the team here at Basic Bananas. Um, we're always helping people like main priority is growth and growing your brand and getting more customers through the door. Uh, what happens as a kind of flow on effect of that, of course, is you grow and you need more team. So that need team members So I just wanted to address that is common questions and concerns we have in this um, through this episode. Uh, if the in other news, uh, basic bananas, we have big news. Uh, Francisca has written another book and it's about social media for business. You'd probably want to check it out. It's uh, if you're doing social media uh, with you know within your business, or if you manage social media uh, for a business that you work in, it would be a really clever purchase uh, to grab it. It's all the latest and greatest and up to date. Got great graphics and um, instructions on you know how to use social media specifically for business. Uh, its official launch is on the first of April. However, there's a, a pre-launch, which is already live on basicbananas.com. And you actually, by purchasing it, let me just check the double check the price because it's a little, seems it's a very good deal. It's $29.95 for the book. And we're throwing in our Instagram course, which is actually a $97 online Instagram training course for business. It's a separate standalone product that we sell um information course on how to use instagram for business for 97 dollars. you can see you could purchase that if you want directly but if you want to purchase it you actually could get that instagram for business by just purchasing the uh the book for 29.95 then you'll get the book and you'll get the um the 
the Instagram course, it's a bit of a no-brainer, uh, if you ask me. <laughs> and you did, didn't you? Uh, so it's social media for, it's on basicbananas.com. And if you go on the homepage, you'll see the link to it when you scroll down, social media for business book, and uh, or basicbananas.com forward slash social book. So basicbananas.com forward slash social book. So um, yeah, you can jump on there. Uh, there's a little bit of postage. If you're in Australia, I think the postage may be in is included in the twenty nine ninety five. Um, that's Australian dollars. For the rest of you all over planet Earth, we are sending you a physical copy for that price, which is pretty epic. So the rest of you around the world, there's a uh, postage, uh, further postage on top. Which, um, but still, it's going to come to less than half of the Instagram course alone. Uh, plus, you'll have the the brand new social media book. Yeah, so if you're managing social media for another business, great way to upskill for your role. If you are, you know, running social media within your own business, great way to find the latest and greatest and upskill. And if you're not doing social media in your business, you really should be. So there's a great way to start. You can you can uh, jump ahead in leaps and bounds instead of learning everything from scratch and kind of doing your head in. Grab the book and you'll get straight into it. Um, so it's social media for um, for small business is the title of the book, Marketing Strategies for Business Owners. And that, my friends, is a wrap on today's episode. If you do have further questions, get in touch with the team at basicbananas.com. And otherwise, I look forward to seeing you on an episode soon. Bye for now. To get more from Basic Bananas and to learn new ways to grow your business with clever marketing, visit basicbananas.com.